What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. going on peeps and welcome to episode 83 of fretzelmania i am mr fretz and today i am reviewing smackdown from august 15th 2002 just 10 days from SummerSlam. but first i'm gonna check and see what else is going on in the world of wrestling on monday night raw i have august 12th 2002 also from the key arena in Seattle, Washington, where SmackDown is taking place tonight. We had Christopher Nowinski and Molly Holly, a very, very appropriate pairing, defeating Spike and Trish Stratus. Booker T with Goldust and Mini Dust <laughs> defeated Lance Storm with Christian. Jericho and the Big Show, the first appearance of Jericho about eight years before they would win the Tag Team Championship, defeating Bubba Ray Dudley and Ric Flair. Tommy Dreamer retained the Hardcore Championship against Steven Richards in what is one of the very last appearances of that title. Rob Van Dam defeated Jeff Hardy in a number one contendership match for the Intercontinental title, so at SummerSlam, we are getting Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit. Let's go. Kids, don't forget to hydrate. And in the main event, we have the Un-Americans and Triple H. Defeating Booker T, Goldust, The Rock, and The Undertaker in an eight-man tag. A couple of days later, NWA TNA from the Nashville Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, August 14th, in a dark match, we had one of the very first appearances of America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, defeated Brian Lee, a.k.a. The Underfaker, a.k.a. Chains, and perennial loser David Young. The SAT, the Spanish announced team, Joel Maxico, Maximo, Jose Maxico, Maximo, good lord, say that fast, and the Amazing Red defeated Kid Cash, Shark Boy, and Slim J. Is it the Slim J that I am thinking of? Is it the guy from the Insane Clown Posse? No, it's someone different. Bruce defeated Tina Hamilton in a Miss TNA match, and I'm not even going to scratch the surface at that one. Don Harris defeated Malice in a last man standing match of all people to give malice a loss in TNA was one of the disciples of apocalypse Teo, the 
small person hardcore wrestler defeated Bo Dup with stand up in a Dup Cup Invitational. They're still doing this thing. I'm not even going to dig into it. The alpha male Monty Brown defeated primetime Elix Skipper in a Detroit street fight. Low Key defeated the Flying Elvises in a four-way elimination match to retain the X Division title. That is Jimmy Wang Yang, Jorge Estrada, and Sonny Siaki. And in the main event for the NWA World Tag Team Championships, AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn, the champions, wrestled Jeff Jarrett and Ron R-Truth Killings in a draw. This was a double pin, and it resulted in the titles being declared vacant. And, uh, man, vacant is having one hell of a run in 2022. Uh, most recently, uh, Thunder Rosa having to relinquish her women's championship. And then we're having another interim champion, you know, John Moxley, the former interim AEW champion is now the undisputed champion, defeating CM Punk just the other night in uh, a squash. I'm not going to say squash. What the hell is going to go on at All Out? I'm going to be talking about that show at some point a little bit, I think. I'm not sure. But on the Velocity that was taped just prior to this episode of SmackDown, Hardcore Harley defeated Rico, Bull Buchanan, defeated Albert, John Cena beat Reverend Devon, and in the main event of Velocity, who else but SmackDown number one announcer Funaki and Billy Kidman defeating Jamie Noble and Tajiri. Now tonight, SmackDown, August 15th, 2002, is from the Key Arena in Seattle, Washington. Here's a bunch of funny place names that you can use at parties. Walla Walla, Keokuk, Cucamonga. Seattle. Shout out to uh, John Ritland, who is from Washington State. Somewhere near Seattle, I think. He was at that Monday Night Raw where uh, Elias made fun of uh, Seattle for not having a team. And apparently, you don't push the Supersonics button. I've been learning that slowly. Brock Lesnar opens the show coming down to the ring wearing a Hulkamania shirt. And the still-running wild part on the back is X'd out. As just last week on the show, Brock Lesnar destroyed Hulk Hogan and basically neutered Hulkamania. And Paul Heyman says that, I guess that prayers and vitamins didn't do much good versus Brock Lesnar. For those of you who couldn't stand the sight of Hulk Hogan bleeding from the mouth, gasping for his last breath at the hands of my client, we're gonna watch how Brock Lesnar ended his career and Hulk Hogan refusing help demands to stand on his own for the last time, the best career in WWE history has ended at the hands of Brock 
Lesnar. Nobody has put down Hulk Hogan like this. Nobody was man enough to put down Hulk Hogan like this. <coughs> Bill Goldberg. Until now. Hogan isn't the ultimate trophy here. He is but a stepping stone. And this here is a message to the rock. Much like Hulk Hogan's blood was on the hands of the beast, the people's blood will be in Brock's hands. So does that mean that Brock is going to have the audience's blood on his hands? I don't know. And Brock Lesnar says, just like I ended Hulk Hogan's career, I will end Barack's title reign. Out comes Rikishi, complete in his fat wear gear. Paul Heyman called Rikishi a fat ass. Hey, Baldy, here in Seattle. <laughs> oh, stop it, you're killing me. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> Almost clown college. Here in Seattle, we back that beep up. Kiss this fat beep. Hmm. Ass is beeped, huh? Still, UPN, man, I just don't know. Rikishi sends Brock out of the ring, teases a stink face for Paul Heyman, but to no avail. Six-person tag team match with The Hurricane, Shannon Moore, and Bob Holly. That is two-thirds of three count, once again tagging, against Billy Chuck and Rico. Another odd trio here with a superhero, a boy band guy, and Bob Holly. You know, on Velocity, Rico was styling Mark Lloyd's hair for some reason, and then from behind, Bob Holly jackasses Rico with a head buzzer, and if you know what I'm talking about, can of Coke to you there. Bob and Billy start off just firing shots at each other, knowing that they'll be the main event of Velocity until 2004. Shout out to R.A. Era and uh, Apron Bump there. Rico's educated feet on Shannon Moore here. Moore with the spinning wheel kick, a.k.a. the beauty shot. Hurricane Helms is tagged in, a leg drop and a backslide combo by the former three-count members here. Where is Evan Courageous? We see a Hurra Chokeslam, Hurra Denied by Chuck, a Hurra Kane Karana, a Shining Wizard, Rico Sucks chant throughout the crowd, and that is very tame compared to other chants that we'd be hearing directed towards Rico, most specifically at a house show that I attended just outside of Toronto a year, a year after this. Um... Let me just say they weren't very PC. They weren't very appropriate for 2022 or 2002 or at all. Chuck then locks in a chin lock that Davy Boy Smith would be proud of. The Eye of the Hurricane, a hurrahot tag to Shannon Moore with a bit of a pose on the way down to uh, tagging his partner here. He did the hands on the hips and then leaned back into the tag and bumped in the back. We saw the morgasm, the whisper in the wind. 
the one and only behind the ref's back, the Cobra Clutch Slam, that is, and RBC win. No, not RBC the bank, Rico, Billy, and Chuck. Catch up with me here, folks. And then Holly goes through everybody here, and to even the odds is Matt Hardy with a Team Omega reunion with Shannon Moore and Hurricane Helms. And Bob Holly sitting there in the back like, hi, uh, uh, hello, just like the, the odd man out. I know exactly, exactly how that feels. And this, of course, is the first appearance of V1. Steph and Don Marie are backstage. There's an apology that Stephanie wants from Don. Uh, no, Don Marie starts to apologize. Steph wants none of it. And those papers... Those time-sensitive papers that you didn't get last week that Stacy sabotaged, if you remember that, were Rob Van Dam's contract for SmackDown. He had a rematch with Chris Benoit that I was going to shred in order to keep the IC title on this show, and now Chris has to defend the title at SummerSlam. But at least I got Matt Hardy. Yeah, what a consolation prize. Wow, what? How does that make Matt Hardy feel? Like, holy shit, that's just disrespectful. And says to Don, you should dress more professionally. This is your last chance. Or you're fired. Now go get me Chris Benoit. Matt Hardy backstage is excited, saying things like, oh, I'll always be here for you guys. SmackDown is ready for Matt Hardy version one. Black and slap a tort. <clears throat> I'm just going to. Resist the urge. Yeah, I'm going to resist the urge to start singing the song that I just did. Steph and Benoit have a bit backstage, and this, this was awkward. I mean, I got a really, really awkward vibe out of this for some reason. You're, you're going to hear why in a second. And it's like, you're going to make RVD tap just like you did The Rock. And Benoit gets like, right in Steph's face like like they're about to kiss or even worse like I'm gonna make him I'm gonna make the rock moan and whimper and squeal <clears throat> I thought they were gonna fuck right there I thought they were gonna do it um wow it's <clears throat> a little bit of sexual tension there just whole yeah, I don't know. That 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 weirded me out. You know, he's going to make the rock moan, whimper, and squeal, blah, blah, blah. And there we go. Mark Lloyd and Kurt Angle are backstage. And uh, is like, and Kurt Angle says, just because a 10-year-old kid stopped mowing lawns and put on a kooky mask and then he legally clocked me from behind, that means nothing. You must be this tall to talk to Kurt Angle. <laughs> This is good. That that that's getting good. So you see, and, and Ray comes in. You see, and my win doesn't count. How about you and me at SummerSlam so I can make it count? Take me on in what? Says Kurt Angle. Dwarf tossing. <clears throat> I can't stand a little man with a big attitude. Tell the Munchkins and the Tin Man and Dorothy that it's on. Mark Henry walks into the frame here and says, "Who you call little man? Little man." World's strongest man in what? Weightlifting or B.O.? And then Mark Henry tells Kurt Angle, 
to follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Holy crap, we're getting the return of Oz. Kevin Nash, get your wizard hat out. Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry. Again, this is a smackdown of rematches, I'll tell you what. Mark Henry goes for the Bruno Sammartino backbreaker, but Angle manages to get out of it. There was a press slam and a clothesline by the world's strongest man. That boss, that boss man butt attack when the opponent draped over the bottom rope like you're going for the 619, but it's a butt attack or something. Big boss man used to do that, RIP. And in the midst of this, Mark Henry tweaked his ankle. Kurt Angle uses nasty plot. It is very effective. He takes down Kurt, Kurt, but then Angle returns the favor with chop blocks, thigh kicks, the ankle lock, but Mark Henry manages to power out of it at first. A press slam, which I thought at this point Mark's leg, excuse me, was going to buckle, but it did not. Finally, there's a power out, a press slam, but Kurt Angle weasels his way into an ankle lock and the world's strongest man has no choice but to tap out. And he won't let go. Meanwhile, out of camera frame, Rey Mysterio busts, just busts open Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle bladed hard for a drop of the dime, a 619, and a botchy West Coast pop. So we're, we're off to the races with Angle. And Ray at SummerSlam. That which is, I'm just gonna let you know now. It is one of the best pay-per-view opening matches that I've ever seen in my entire life, even to this day. Meanwhile, we got Brock Lesnar versus Rikishi yet again. It is mentioned here that Brock brought a ticket to Monday Night Raw to watch The Rock for some mind games. Right away, Brock Lesnar, fireman, carries the big man and is working the arm over the ring post of Rikishi. He then locks in a Fujiara armbar, does an overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex to the 400-pound Rikishi that gets audible gasps from the crowd and myself. Big O. You can even maybe make out a couple of holy shit chants right there because that is power. Brock Lesnar is a birthy beast of a man. A bear hug, but Rikishi manages to f to fight out and land Samoan drop 0-2 from No Mercy. Brock Lesnar is in stink face position, but manages to get out. Now Paul Heyman is also put in the stink face position. He, be he just starts to scream and scream. He kind of takes a deep breath because he's about to get a face full of ass from Rikishi. Heyman is screaming at the top of his lungs and eats a stink face much to the delight of the Seattle crowd. Brock Lesnar then just powers up F5 and wins this match. We see a preview of what is to come later in the show. Edge and Rey Mysterio tagging for I don't think the first time but their opponents are tagging for the first time, at least in WWE, at least here on SmackDown. That is Chavo Guerrero and his Uncle Eddie. We have the first appearance 
of Los Guerreros and The Rock versus Benoit for later in the show. And right here, right now, is where I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, folks, we have SmackDown number one announcer Funaki with Nidia, who is going over her match with Tori. Edge and Mysterio versus the Guerreros. We have The Rock versus Benoit. And folks, we're in for a dandy rest of the show. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here and host of the Kings of the Rings podcast. And you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Enjoy the show. And welcome back, folks. Do you want merch that is so good that you would lie, cheat, and steal for, but don't let me do that, actually, actually buy it? Then head on over to our store on Spring, link in the description below, where we have just about everything you can ask for. From all of us at Russell Attic Radio, we have the Fretzelmania Collection, the Mr. YLP Collection, the Kings of the Rings Collection, with each member of KOTR, with King Ricky Rose, the Queen Bee themselves, DK Murphy, and Willie T, as well as the Brace for Impact Collection with good brother Nate, BF and Great. We have t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and basketball shorts and sports bras and and so so much more folks so please head on over there and if you are a member of our patreon you get 15 percent off of that and go to our patreon patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio king ricky rose put up a tales of an epic nature on there recently it's a pretty damn good story i'm gonna have some stuff coming up there in the fall you're just gonna have to wait and see what it's going to be. Join our Patreon, join our Discord, and buy our merch. Be sure to send us a selfie with you in said merch. Meanwhile, back in 2002, we have Funaki, who is not quite SmackDown number one announcer, having a very, very awkward interview with Nidia, talking about a one-on-one match with Tori, Actually, right after this, she is, you know, playing all flirty, sucking her finger and her gum and asking Funaki to check out her rack and her butt. And in the words of Mr. YLP, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Damn thirst traps. Hydrate yourselves, everybody. And she then asks... If he wants to touch it, he says no, because Jamie Noble will kill me. You we then hear throughout this interview, someone shouting in the background. Finally, we see Reverend Devon just get hoid right through the door by Batista, who is a deacon no more saying, there's your respect and takes off. Seemingly to Monday Night Raw to join Evolution. The Deacon becomes the animal. Let's fucking go. Tori versus Nidia with Jamie and Billy Kidman at ringside. Oh yeah, this match is a little awkward. Nidia is still very, very green in the ring here. Actually, so is Tori. They haven't had a lot of... uh 
experience. Tori maybe a bit more so thanks to the invasion and all the uh, brawn panty whatever matches that that she had over there. But this was just really really sloppy. Nidia does the hot shot and snap suplex, and then a slap. Uh, Jamie holds Tori's foot on the outside. Tori does a terrible, terrible swinging neckbreaker. And then gets clotheslined. And Nidia wins. Women's wrestling in 2002, folks. And then out of nowhere, the second of the three count hit, Kane's Pyro and his Titan Tron came playing here. I guess we were teasing the return of Kane, who had been out of action since... I don't know when. He's been out of action for a little while here and it says the time is near no more darkness the fire still burns what okay uh backstage los guerreros eddie is on the phone saying that next year that chavo mondo hector maria eva and little jimmy are all are all watching tonight and chavo says make sure little jim is done washing my car Okay, well, we're off to a good start with Los Guerreros here, my God. And uh, Eddie is saying that he's so tired of Edge and everything. And Eddie's veins, I'm looking at him, this guy's veins are about to burst right through his arms. Just, good Lord, they're about to explode. And, you know, Edge has a stupid smile. And then it's like, hey, no, Chavito, yeah, I have a better smile than him. I say, look, actually good, actually good golf clap and here we go we have edge and Rey mysterio versus los guerreros a match that we will soon see for the smackdown tag team championship and tonight smackdown is brought to you by tobacco is wacko if you're a teen reebok and the movie stealing harvard with tom green and you can enter a contest to win twenty nine thousand eight hundred and seventy nine dollars in tuition and Sign me up for that college because uh, it costs at least twice that much for college these days. Oh, good Lord. Took me a decade to pay off 50 grand for friggin' student loans. Holy jeepers. And this match is just starting off hot with Edge with a flapjack on Chavito. He sends Chavo onto Uncle Eddie on the outside. Eddie is pulling at referee Jimmy Corderas while Chavo chokes Edge from the outside. Mind games. Lie, cheat, and steal, I say. See a hot tag from Ray who drops the dime on Chavo. Goes for the 10 punch on Eddie. I'm sorry, goes for the 10 punch, but Chavo jumps Ray, allowing Eddie to land a magnifique powerbomb on Mysterio. Chavo with a springboard elbow drop to Ray Mysterio. Backbreaker, rolling senton by Eddie, that just beautiful springboard rolling senton, just so crisp. This. This is damn good wrestling here, folks. This, If you want to seek out a match this week, you got to seek out Los Guerreros versus Edge and Ray. A pump handle backbreaker on Eddie. Just a beautiful... I think that's a move that CM Punk would adopt. Uh, Welcome to Chicago, mofo. I think that's, I think that's the move right there. It, it was great. And I can see Punk was probably taking notes from Ring of Honor at that point in time. Eddie prevents Edge from tagging in, and finally Edge does tag in, 
and he is a house of fire. And, you know, just the other day at the time I'm recording this Monday night raw was in Toronto. I unfortunately was not able to attend that, but we had a main event between hometown boy edge and Damian priest in which edge land, a effing Canadian destroyer. 47 years old doing a flipping pile driver. I mean, Ricky Morton, who is like 68, freaking did one about a, no, a year or two ago. Just outrageous. And then a flying forearm, a monkey flip, a flapjack, a spear to the corner to one Guerrero, and a spear to the corner is missed. And Eddie lands a brain buster. Ray knocks off Eddie, who was going for the frog splash. 619 to Chavo, and before he can go for the West Coast pop, it's a West Coast nope. Kurt Angle whips Ray Mysterio down to the ground, locks the ankle lock in the outside and inside of the ring. Edge spears Angle and Eddie, and we have basically a no contest here. Just this match breaks out into a schmoz thanks to Kurt Angle, and man, here we are. Just. We're in the SmackDown 6. We're here. And it the view... Oh, the view is gorgeous. We have Mark Lloyd and The Rock having a chat backstage, but first, the WWE went to Australia for the Global Warning Tour, a DVD that wound up in the bargain bin at every gas station just as soon as it came out because it was a glorified house show. Over 56,000 people came to Melbourne, and... I wonder if this is where Nathan Jones would have had a tryout or would have uh, came into contact with the WWE because the WWA was running shows around this point in time. You know, the XWF was was a fizzle, was a fizzle out. It was just a fart and it was gone. But the WWA and Nathan Jones were doing some shows. And I think around this time, Nathan would have signed his, uh, developmental contract so it won't be long before we see the colossus of bug or road oh my god no and mark lloyd reminded the rock that the last time these two stepped foot in the ring the rock tapped out to the crippler cross face you know because brock lesnar was out staring him down playing mind games rock was far far away from the ropes and had no choice but to tap out. And The Rock's like, he's going to make me squeal? Mark Lloyd, what is squeal? You tell me. You, you look like a guy who knows what a squeal is. Tell, tell, tell The Rock what? Bend over. Mark Lloyd bends over. Sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich. Get up. Tell me what he meant, you sick freak. Rock clearly was not raised on a farm because squeal is what pigs do, you colossal idiot. And then he says, Brock Lesnar, you think you're sending me a message by coming to Monday Night Raw? Well, The Rock is going to send you a message. Let's start off in German. Insert culturally insensitive German here. Let me try it in Chinese. Oh, no. <clears throat> I'm not even going there. Insert culturally insensitive Chinese here. And now I'm alone. I'm going to give it to you in good old US of A. Just bring it, bitch. If you smell 
No, 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 no. Yeah, his act is getting a little stale, but he is still getting some very good one-liners here, except for the uh, culturally insensitive German and Chinese. And we're right into the main event here, just plowing right through this show, The Rock versus Chris Benoit, fully loaded 2000. We're here again, which, by the way, if you want to check out any any Attitude Era pay-per-view that flies under the radar, Fully Loaded 2000 is almost as good as WrestleMania X7. I'm just going to sit here on that hill and die on it while you go and watch it and then join me when you're done. I'll see you in three hours. And yes, we were reminded that we are 10 days until SummerSlam, which is brought to you by Foot Locker. And SummerSlam is going to be coming up in the timeline in a couple of weeks here. I might skip a, a SmackDown, like the last one, to get to it. Just depends on my on my schedule. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on with me in the next week. Uh, the Stanley Cup is coming to my hometown. Uh, uh, there's a member of the Colorado Avalanche from here. And he's going to bring the cup down for a parade. So I'm going to be going down to check that out on Monday. Uh, and then I have one day off, and I'm going to be doing the SummerSlam review with Nate on that day, so expect it sometime in the middle of September. And nothing says the biggest party of the summer like back-to-school time. Let's go. But for some kids are back back-to-school time. So Eric Bischoff seemingly hires some bloke to bring a giant sign advertising the next Monday Night Raw, which has a main event between The Rock and Triple H. Speaking of 2000, whew, here we go. And, you know, Cole and Taz make note of it. It's, yeah, it's pretty smart of uh, of Bischoff to plug Raw during SmackDown. Like, yeah, that's marketing 101, product placement, jeepers people. We then hear, uh, I think we've been hearing Our Lady Peace's rendition of Benoit's theme over the past couple of months, and I have to put it over, because, you know, I'm never going to listen to it willingly again, because fuck Chris Benoit, but holy smokes, I mean, Our Lady Peace friggin' rules. And, you know, they're talking about visualizing the rock squealing, uh, Benoit is working over the arm, we see the arm drag into the arm bar, holds 1,000 and Holds one and two of the 1,004 holds of Chris Jericho. Benoit's beautiful high-angle back suplex. And taking The Rock to Chop City. And The Rock here, I gotta give him credit. He sells for anyone. Even if it's Crash Holly and Headbanger Mosh. He'll sell for them. That shout out to the Royal Rumble 2000 um, promo. If you get it, you get it. We see The Rock then return the favor with some High Chief Peter Maivia-esque chops. Just magnifique. Benoit lands five rolling German suplexes into a bridge and The Rock kicks out. They DDT each other one after the other. Air Canada by Chris Benoit, but only gets a two count. The Rock lands in. The Rock locks in the worst sharpshooter this side of Italian Nightheart. Sorry, Natty. We then see the Spinebuster, and in the midst of The Rock running for the people's elbow, he spots Brock Lesnar. 
on the ramp and the rock sails out there to have a face off with the beast. And I'm thinking this is going to be another mind games thing. We're going to have another Benoit win by count out maybe this time, but no, they get back in the ring. Benoit eats a rock bottom, the rock wins and man, SummerSlam 02. I got to say it might be the best SummerSlam ever. It's not my personal favorite. I think that's got to go to either 2000 or 92 for mainly nostalgia-based reasons. But looking up and down this card and, of course, listening to various Ruthless Aggression-esque podcasts of this, it's it's up from here. And we're in for a treat. That is going to do it for this episode, folks. So be sure to follow us at addict underscore wrestle on Twitter, wrestle addict radio on Instagram. Follow us on all social media platforms. Listen to all of our shows. That is The Young Lions Perspective, kicking off your weekend with the news of the week in proper YLP fashion. Good brother Nate, the effing great future guest who has been bracing for impact in his TNA Wrestling Reviews and the Kings of the Rings podcast, streaming on Twitch and YouTube and more every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, yes, that is during AEW, but do what I do. Mute All Elite, put on the Kings, I promise you. It is a very good time. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania, and here we come. SummerSlam, folks. We'll see you then.